0: Thank you for joining The ONCE Changing the World, which is India's first Future Tech meets Sustainability podcast. And today, I'm delighted and honored to have with me Salman Khan Praman, who's a very young entrepreneur and leader in the space of science and technology. He's a lecturer at the Department of Life Sciences, Independent University of Bangladesh. He's involved in teaching, student activities, research, technology and innovation, and social development initiatives. Currently his research line is focused on regenerative medicine, industrial biotechnology, biomedical engineering, cancer research, cell and molecular biology. Salman is the founding member of Dhaka Dhaka Fab Lab Society and Cancer Care and Research Trust. He's also the co-founder of Star Labs BD, the first community bio lab in Bangladesh. And he's been working to establish a citizen science network as a base of an open science society in Bangladesh. So, Salman, a truly pleasure and honor to have you on the podcast. It'll be really cool if you could set
1: context by giving your introduction, background and what you've been doing. Thank you so much. And first of all, I really appreciate to invite me here in your such an honorable podcast, and I'm really privileged and honored. Primarily, I am a science teacher, and I have done my master's and honors in biotechnology from Brack University, so in Bangladesh, actually. So it's like basically my focus is on uh, bio- biological research, biomedical research. Since I'm a lecturer, I mean, like I'm teaching university classes for that, but that's my academic profile. Of course, I'm doing like research and everything, but from the social responsibility, and there are like so many resource limitations in our country, and there are like so many gaps. I have been like growing up, like watching them. That's why I have involved myself with those other parts of the works I am involved in or like I'm doing right now. Uh, First of all, if I wanted to talk about one of my, um, Initiatives. There's MechaMind. MechaMind is uh, one of my companies. That's an edutech, and we're basically trying to work on uh, skill-based STEM education for underprivileged people. Why? I'm coming to that later. But how it started? So, of course, like I have been like working with science, science projects and stuff from my childhood. But um, is life is not like a project. Life is not like you are getting into some sort of competitions and like having some prizes and people like appreciating you. Life is not like that. You have to think about the real life problems and maybe working on real life solution because end of the day, like global economy, social economy, everything matters and your skill matters, earning matters and how those are related to skills and STEM. So now I want to tell you a story. It was like, when I was a college student, like uh, I just uh, get into college, and I saw an orphan lost his hand, like from an accident, and as a biology student, I don't know what to do, and it it, it like hit me really really hard. Uh, he had to take care of a family, so I was thinking, um, okay, so he lost the hand, he was the earning member, so how can he uh, continue life from that with uh, with the functionality that he lost? So I was looking for, okay, maybe there are like cheap options in Bangladesh that we have uh, prosthetics. But I found out the prosthetics were like static. He can't grab anything. He can't work with that. It's just a model. So I was thinking, okay, why not functional prosthetics? Then I found out it's like pretty expensive, even in the Western countries, the fully functional prosthetics are like pretty much like um, expensive and like under research. So I was thinking, okay, I can't. They can't afford it because most of the worker class people, or most of the people who are prone to accidents or do, they're they uh, who can actually get injured in this kind of occupational hazards. They are from underprivileged class, so they can't afford things. So I was thinking, I, I have to find out some functional prosthetics, which is functional at the same time and also cost effective, and which can be met with our local resource. So. Uh, I was thinking, okay, I, we, we need some um, basic motor functions. And I uh, think I, I thought like what can be done with our limited resource. So we came up with the voice command system because we need like, five, 10 motor functions should be enough for like people who have lost their hand. So that's how we started and we did it under hundred dollars. So uh, that's how it started. Uh, it was not that big research. It does nothing that time, but at least that people it could afford it. And we have created this uh, very cheap module for charging and everything. So then it hit me, okay, maybe there are other problems we are not touching, but if we can put some logical reasoning behind it and try to uh, come up with like situations where we can use the local resource and pretty simple things, but it can actually work in some extent, at least to go on uh, to solve the real-life problem. So so this is the initial story how like few many years back like 5 6 years back i came to um, this innovation kind of um research and initiatives and and eventually it spread it
0: lovely how cool is that salman you know i mean it it's you know we need more minds such as yourself who who are who are not scared by the situation but leverage what is there and create innovations, you know, for uh, everyone, you know, and, and you know through through your journey, you mentioned about you know creating Mind, you know, uh, a skill-based STEM uh, education for the underprivileged. Then you gave me the story about the the, the often you, you saw you know without nam and you said, can we build functional prosthetics to regenerative medicine, the first of its kind, 3D printing bioprinter uh, in, in Bangladesh. D- d- these are You know, at one point in time, you know, only like those big companies, you know, the Googles or the big tech companies or the big pharma companies could even dream about achieving it, you know. But I think that the world has changed, you know, because of the accessible of education, democratization of education, because of things like MOOCs, you know, uh, online learning. And, and, you know, we we have so much of access. So, so the what I'm trying to say is that today, I think the only thing that stops uh you know a person from creating their preferred future is a desire and intent and if you have a desire and intent you could be sitting in at any corner of the world and you could be creating mind blowing innovation which which could completely disrupt the world you know so so I, I hope that you know there are more you know people such as yourself who who you know take charge and, and you know lead and, and say okay here, even if we don't have resources, I mean, uh, the financial resources, we'll do with whatever we have and, and build in you know, a quality innovation for everyone. So let's let's go step by step because you you've been doing a lot of things, you know. So let's start with Mecca Mind. How how did it oh,
1: originate? Thank you so much. So it's basically from a need. I mean, I believe in holistic development. Like if um i am developing myself maybe okay maybe i can uh, positively impact a couple of person 100 maybe um but i was thinking if i can actually help uh significantly a good number of people like it can grow exponentially i mean imagine if i am like uh, helping one person who is a very resourceful one and and for some uh, for some of my uh, support he or she or they grew up into something and now they have established a very good thing, and like thousands of people can be affected by it positively. And imagine, like, if I am like harboring uh, and like fostering this kind of minds, so uh, it will be an exponential growth in holistic development instead of like focusing on myself. So, yeah, I have lost a lot of opportunities due to that, but the impact created by that, it was huge because they are taking it through. I don't have to help even uh, you know each and every people by myself. Maybe helping some key person, helping some people who actually can do it. Uh, I mean, they can carry it forward. So that's how we have created this one. And number two, um, like if I give you some example, I was actually uh, a part of another initiative that is X-Genomics, basically during the COVID period, um, the people they were into so many people who were in biology they were into um, sequencing because DNA sequencing the, that DNA testing I mean the uh, you know like PCR testing RT PCR and everything uh, it was like very very um, important during that time and with some people uh, who are expert in genome sequencing we have created course for bioinformatics and we opened it for everyone people from fifty two countries actually enrolled in our course that was free. Still where I am actually running a lot of free courses for everyone, skill-based courses, so that they can use it. So so that we, we don't want to keep education, useful education, uh, you know, like um, um, expensive and paid and uh, unaccessible to people. So that's why we have created this. Um, th- that was one of the feeling behind. I'm not saying the idea. I'm saying feeling behind creating MechaMind. So is and the first student of Mind was underprivileged slum kids of our country. So I teach at university in the weekdays, and I go to uh, slums in the weekends. And you'll be so amazed. I mean, the thing I teach to my university students, they may take some time to learn that. And those slum kids, like three, four, um, I mean, standards five, six, uh, they're actually learning biology molecular biology, engineering, um, these kind of things within like within minutes, within like one session. So they're like uh, curriculums for sustainable uh, architecture, sustainable uh, urbanization, uh, molecular biology, engineering, so that we are thinking, okay, these people, when they're done with their initial study, like primary level study, they'll just go for earning because they're poor, right? They have to earn money and they'll be derailed and somehow they get into you know a very demeaning uh, kind of works but how about we equip them with some skills those are very uh, useful for the industry because um we don't have to make them scientists they have to earn so how can this and we don't have that much of employment so what can be done well a country like us we are very much relying on the outsourcing we are relying on industry uh, and we are relying on ex- some sort of like labor export so uh, and so, uh, some uh, uh, assembly industry that started getting uh, in like countries like us so we are trying to teach them uh, an alternative of vocational studies and like in some sort of skills that can be utilized and they can have employment and and the country can earn money as well by exporting the skills uh, so it's it's like economical development at the same time. At the same time, their, uh, their own socio-economical development. I mean, like national national and social, uh, both kind of economical development. And number two, this was one of the projects. And number two was like real-life problem solution. Well, that I just mentioned that we can do a lot of things, a lot of research. But you have to understand, like, what kind of country we are. My, I, I want to mention one thing, that is, whatever I'm trying... Uh, I'll be talking about today, it will be very much grounded. It will be not like rocket science, it will not be like fascinating science, it will be science of people, science of like underprivileged people. So, what they need, they need skills that can uh, give them money uh, because they need uh, uh, opportunities to live, right? Make Mind was like working on real-life problem solution, giving skills, STEM-based skills especially, to the people Who are especially the underprivileged people so that they can uh, be useful to the country's economy and their own lives. So that's why we have initiated this one and linked to that, that we have created Star Labs. Star Labs, uh, I'm actually wearing the t shirt right now. So it's Science, Technology, and Arts Search Lab. I'm inspired by the DC Comics Star Labs, but it's basically the first community bio lab in Bangladesh. Uh, Community lab, I should say, not only bio, because we have conference and seminar and classroom, uh, and we have biology lab, we we had engineering lab, and we have like library and stuff, so that independent researchers, the people who don't have the access to labs, but they want to do some prototyping and stuff, kind of like a fab lab but also other amenities as well they can do business they can actually use this uh use this uh, um, space as their business uh, i mean business ground and like uh having um, uh, like business license and everything and also people can actually take class here or they can uh, arrange workshops and everything so many basically it's a learning hub kind of things so How cool is that, you know, the
0: way you have thought about everything, you know, because I think the education system needs to be changed. Uh, Today, I think the education uh, system, the rote learning uh, system, at least here in India, has got so much problems. And and here you are in Bangladesh, and and you're pushing an education system which is skill-based. And what I like is that your approach where you're saying that instead of doing high-level science, you, you're trying to create these skill based learning and taking and making sure that this is science for the people. So the learners, while learning, they come to a point where they can start monetizing and becoming self-sufficient. You know, and, and that should always be the goal. And 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 I, I love the way that you you have evolved. Your organization from Mecha Mine to the Star Labs and how holistically you're working towards or your vision of creating an ecosystem which will not just enable the, the lower rung of the society but also in the longer run, you know, enable the, the country itself, you know. And and I hope that there's more listeners who who pick this up, your enthusiasm and your hard work and i think that everything starts with hard work i'm sure you must you must have missed out a lot of opportunities but i think that the, the longer impact that you'll be making will really uh you know come to fruition in 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 the next few years because of, of the works that you're doing so the second uh, story that, I mean, the story that you mentioned about, you know, you're coming across the often prosthetic, uh, you know, creating a prosthetic limb. Talk about that, you know, uh, where, where where do you stand at this point in time? How did that happen? And w- what comes next? No no, uh, prosthetic limb that you're creating.
1: Uh, as I mentioned, I started with just from a, like, uh sympathetical and empathetical situation and looking for a problem solution. But... Then uh, many people actually approached us and like supported us to take it in further. Uh, many people actually suggested us to make it like um, a sort of a product, like selling it, but I still kept it as a open as an open source product. So how we approached, you may ask like, how am I getting money for that? Because it takes money to make one. So they're like, I, I must like uh, thank all the people, Uh, especially my teachers and many of the industrialists, they came up with uh, their support and they gave us fund. So what we did, we never charged any patient. So we are like sort of uh, um, fundraised or uh, took the donation and utilised that for uh, development of our product or R&D as well, not only like developing product for people, but also like research online. And, And we contacted the hospital and the doctors gave us the estimates and everything. Like, and then uh, d- according to the estimate, we like create the product and uh, give it to them. So there's a certain stage on it. First, uh, we had to work on a fully mechanical um, device without any electronics. Uh, somehow depending on where the hand or the limb is cut uh, if uh, so that's one phase that's the very primitive model and another one is like uh, voice activated it's like uh, cheap but, but it's kind of like functional and then we have developed eventually but now i want to share one of the thing that is i got one of my students uh he actually born without any leg without any arm so imagine when I got the cases that uh, for the accident, people lost their limb. So make some product for them. It was easy because the brain actually knew uh, because brain was used to like, you know, uh, like uh, used to that motor function because the hand was there, uh, brain operated it for some time before it got cut out or like amputated. But the person who is actually born without limb, so the brain doesn't know, uh, what is hand? What is motor function in that limb? So now we are actually working on uh, like machine learning based and like EMG signal based. Some uh, t- we are trying to. Uh, we have actually developed the sensor. We have developed that. Um, uh, we have developed that algorithm so that the and, and also that uh, the noise cancellation i mean the emg signal that coming from the brain to that uh, portion of the um, uh, like remaining part of the body and how we can actually designate the remaining signals emg signals to uh, operate the hand which is never there so it's a challenge how to teach the ai to behave like an uh, like you know like a limb a part of a human being. So now we are working on it. After maybe one or one month, I'll I'll be able to give some good news because we are testing on it. So there are like some good news coming very soon. Uh, would be cool if you could you know start
0: explaining or, uh, you know, elaborating what is regenerative medicine. You know, so so the, the audiences get to know about it because, you know, there's some really cool things happening in, in the space of regenerative medicine. That's, there, there is Mike, Michael Levin at, at uh, one uh, end of the spectrum who's leveraging bioelectricity and, you know, they're, they're cutting up planar, planarians in, into hundreds of pieces and, you know, making it all <laughs> come back again. So A, you, you would really appreciate if you could, you know, elaborate uh, explain what regenerative medicine is and
1: how it's going to upend healthcare. So first of all, imagine, um, for example, I can say uh, my mother's example, She, uh, one of her kidneys are like, it's totally damaged, it's irreversibly damaged. So actually that inspired me to come into this 3D bioprinting or tissue regenerative medicine um, uh, research. So. The donor, I mean, like it's really, really hard to get a donor, kidney donor, and it's hard to get a match. And sometimes the, mm, I mean, the treatment, the surgery and everything, replacement and transplantation is pretty expensive. So what will you do? Will you die? I mean, the technology came uh, brought us here. So what will, can be done? So one thing we know that when we are only two cells, a sperm and egg, and it fused and we got the zygote, and and from that we are here right this organism i'm like talking with you right now and we were only a fused cell during the first uh, uh interaction of the sperm and egg right so and 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 from the zygote now we are here so there must be some process by which that one cell the fused one um converted into so many types of cells my hair is one kind of things, my heart, my eyes, a different part of your body has different kind of function, the tissues and cells, right? So how, how can we have this much of variance all over our body, but we originate from only one part, one, one single, um, like uh, 46, uh, I mean, like two in our languages, we call it like complete set or two n uh, uh, nucleus. I mean, um, forty-six chromosomes, right? A set of chromosomes. So, how we came here? So now, think about it. There was one type of uh, mother or one type of uh, omnipotent cells that has the ability to convert into different kind of other cells. We call it stem cell. That means this cell is like uh, has. Um, the ability to be anything, right? So we call it stem cells. So that means we may use that cell to create a different part of our body, maybe. Of course, they're like different uh, stage of stem cells. The initial stem cells, the omnipotent on the the pluripotent stem cells, they can actually convert into so many other cells. But the adult stem cells, um, they don't have that much of uh, ability to convert into so many things, but the totipotent or the pluripotent, the initial kind of stem cells, that can be actually utilized. So so this, these are the stem cells. So now the case I presented in front of you, that is uh, a patient Um, The kidney is damaged. Now you're not getting any donor. uh, The surgery is expensive. And somehow after the transplantation, the the body is rejecting it. So what can be done? So if we have access and the technology to utilize those stem cells to make uh, that organ, the damaged organ, and you're taking the stem cells from the very patient, that means that's your own cell. So your body won't reject it. Maybe right, and also since you have the supply of the stem cells, because cell can grow, you can make a on low, so many numbers of the cells. You can like multiply it in a huge number, like you know the yogurt. If you put one spoon of yogurt in like in uh, milk, and the, uh, overnight it will grow the in the whole milk, and you'll, you'll get a lot of yogurt. So the cells are like that. Um, if you take um, stem cells, and you can grow it, like culture it, and you can have a lot of stem cells. So how about you actually have a store of it, and now you are using your own stem cells to create your own damaged organ? How cool is that, right? So that's how uh the regenerative medicine uh, initial idea of it. Uh, so now I'm getting into the technical part. So the field of tissue engineering and regenerative medicine that work toward the creating functional tissue constructs, mimicking the native tissue. That means like it's copying the tissue uh, uh, we are targeting for repair or replacement of damaged tissues or whole organ. Um, people are still working on it to work on whole organ, but uh, uh, they're actually repairing some damaged tissue. So evolved rapidly over a uh, you know, few decades. So however, the traditional tissue engineering approach comprising scaffolds, like you know, the structures, the skeleton, growth factors and cells like imagine like that um for uh, for a building we use the rod structures and we put bricks and we put like cement and stuff so in um, the bricks are like cells the scaffolds are the rods and the other um, like growth factors and other uh, things are like the cements uh, the bi- bi- biomolecules uh, sorry the bio uh, um you know the uh, all the other factors uh, growth factors and also um uh, like you know you have extracellular matrix and stuff so those are like cement they are putting the cells together so th- that's how uh, we can think about a 3d culture of the cells it's a very um very like uh, promising sector of regenerative medicine so the regenerative medicine is like a uh, is it, basically a, having so much success uh, to repair wounds uh, uh, and repair the tissue or damaged tissues and organs. So, and these growth factors and cells can be fabricated in 3D shapes uh, for organ regeneration and clinical application and also from the uh, economical viewpoint, maybe 3D bioprinting can kick in because regenerative medicine somehow, they have some limitations, but the 3D bioprinting is extended application of manufacturing the um, organ parts or the part of the tissues. So um, regenerative medicine can actually um, repair your damage, repair some of the um, degenerative uh, conditions and it can actually heal some of the injuries. Uh, for example, bone uh, like uh, like art, art uh, and different uh, uh, like tissue damage, this kind of things. So, and the key point of this thing is using stem cells, which can, have, which actually has the ability to grow and cement uh, the wound. So this is the basic thing. When you have a crack in your wall, you put cement and um, like repair it. In regenerative medicine, um, it sort of worked like that. And I'm like uh, telling it for a very layman's term. Actually.
0: Thank you for explaining it in that how stem cells are the most important ingredient and through stem cells, you can create induced pluripotent stem cell, and that's the source code of life. And you could use it for tissue engineering, uh, you know, repairing, uh, uh, you know, tissues, and also creating organs, you know, eventually, you know, because just I mean, organs shortage is such such a huge problem. You know, there are there are so many patients around the world who are waiting for organs, and if we have something like this solving the problem. I, I'm sure no, no, neither your mother, neither any of those patients will have to wait for uh, you know an organ. I hope that you forefront uh, th- this this conversation. Now, in the course of conversation, you on- also mentioned that you're researching on cancer, cancer research. Would you like to talk a little bit about that?
1: Right. So uh, the current research I'm doing, that is, uh, we are trying to isolate anti-cancer protein from a microorganism, and is uh, the reason we are working on it because m- many of the cancer cells uh, for example breast cancer they are like types of breast cancer they are not receptive or they are not uh, they're not getting affected by uh, steroid medication so we are cr- uh, trying to work on this protein that can actually work on those um, you know um cancer cells those are not uh, responsive to uh, medication so anyways so now think a patient in our uh, third world country where they're receiving so many types of medication where things are not working. Uh, they are getting a lot of chemotherapeutics, there are oral radio- radiation therapies and stuff. So how do you know which drug is going to work? I mean, sometimes doctors, they don't know, they just, I mean, uh, they experiment on the patient. So how about this, you take out the biopsy sample of the cells of that particular cancer patient, take out the cells, and using 3D bioprinting, you create the tumor model outside of the body. You can create a lot of it, right? Because you can actually culture the cells. So instead of like giving combinations of drugs, giving the experimental drugs on the patient, you, are, you may give the drugs or apply the drugs on the, uh, you know, the 3d printed tumors you have created by 3d bioprinting so uh, that's how you can uh, actually experiment a lot of combinations and when you see the best one maybe you apply that drug on the patient so it may save time it may save the you know the tremendous pain of the uh, patient and also it may save some money right so that's that's how i'm connecting this that in our situation in a country like us, where we don't have that much of equipment, how about we don't give the, and our people, they're not that much of reach. And many of the cancer patients, they're actually very poor class. So as I said, I'm doing science for people science. It's not rocket science. We are trying to create real life problem. So that's how I'm using 3D bioprinting for, you know, uh, tumor rates, tumor screening, so that uh, we can actually reduce some time money and the you know a pain of the cancer patient the poor cancer patients that's my personal goal to have a lab with industry academia and clinic so that uh our people can work on the genes the and the factors of our own cancers you know like the type of the factors of the cancer it varying uh geologically like different countries may have different kind of factors different kind of genes so and all the literatures, all the scientific uh, innovations or the discoveries we are having about the cancer the treatments, they're basically actually developing on the countries like India, countries like United States, or like other developing countries, Europe and Australia, Canada, this kind of area, right? So maybe all of the factors, all the genetic markers, they can match with our country. So my goal is to work on that, creating the research environment, with the clinic because the people will be here and we can actually work with their samples and create uh, this research environment where our students, our university researchers will be like, uh, you know, expert, they will get expert on it so that they can come up with uh, uh, treatment, they can come up with, uh, you know, early screening technologies with our own samples.
0: Lovely. Salon, first of all, congratulations wish you the very best the way you thinking out you know solutions for for a problem is, is so holistic and is so rooted to the country i hope that there's more support from the investor community from the government and and, and they i hope they understand that you know the kind of deep impact this uh, research of yours will be created if it kind of goes from the lab to the market, you know. Because cancer is is, is a huge problem, and, and the approach of yours, you know, taking the biopsy and and, and then creating a three D model out of it and understanding, going towards more of like a personalized medicine zone. So you treat treat a, a person with that uh, the, the problem. So I, I think we wish you the very best, and and I hope that there's more investors who come in and, and support. what uh, uh, what you're doing. Now, uh, you are also the founder of gem Bangladesh, which kind of promotes synthetic biology. So I- I'll appreciate if you kind of, uh, you know, explain what synthetic biology is and how
1: will that play a role in healthcare? So synthetic biology is very broad things. But if I, again, bring it down to layman's term, so we all have the genetic sequence, right? The organism they have the organic matters they have uh genetic sequence so see, for example you have 10 sequence a t g c t a c that kind of sequence so and you can like permute it and combination and make combination of it and you know, all the combinations may have different kind of features maybe num- number one combination will give you like blue hair, number two combination can give you yellow hair, this kind of, uh, that's how you have 10 combination, 10 colors. But how about I want to create number 11, 11 number of color. So I don't have the uh, sequence here. What can be done? All the combinations are already uh, uh, tried and everything, exhausted. So what if I introduce new I mean like sequences there. What if I have uh, in, I mean like created a new sequence uh, artificially and introduced to that model introduced introduced to that uh, you know nature model and and that will produce a completely new feature. So basically I'm synthesizing genetic sequence so this is the very very like what should i say the layman's term of synthetic biology but uh, the description can vary to person to person and uh, uh, depending on the application of it but see you 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 have seen maybe you are you are watching a lot of pollution going on all over your country and environment, right? So now you're trying to do, okay, I will do some bioremediation. That means you're using uh, microorganism to eat or like metabolize the uh, pollution and like make it into like less harmful matters. So not all the microorganism can actually metabolize the pollution. So how about you have genetically engineered the microorganism? Like you have introduced a gene from somewhere else and make it, it a recombinant DNA, uh, like using the recombinant DNA technology. And now the microorganism can actually metabolize the, um, like the, the pollution and actually like reducing the pollution. But you brought the gene from another organism. So you didn't actually make it, but how about you didn't get any organism that can actually donate that kind of gene. So now you have created some part of the gene, like uh, synthesizing, And you have created the sequence, and that's actually working metabolizing the pollution. So that's how you are actually introducing synthetic biology in that system. So this is the basic of it. And uh, actually, you can create a lot of sequence you can actually combine with combina, make combination with the artificial one with the already na- existing one in nature, or you can completely go um, like artificial, but it's it's not very much active or like implemented yet. But some of the artificial uh, like semi semi-synthesized um, sequence with existing natural sequence are combined and like they are actually working. Uh, so you can find a lot of pharmaceutical, uh, like and also industrial and experimental use of those. So basically, you are synthesizing new sequences and introducing uh, to modify your own model to have to have desired features from that sequence. This is the basic of sequence uh, like synthetic biology, and by that you can actually create vaccines, you can create um, medication, you can create products, uh, it, it, many kind of product. It can pharmaceutical product, it can be industrial product. Uh, it, so these kind of things Salman, really really appreciate you taking time and
0: being part of the podcast you are on a wonderful journey and i think we need more of yourself if we have more people such as yourself i think the world will be such a better place to live in in, in the next 10 years how do you see the healthcare evolving you know and you know how do
1: you make it accessible for everyone you know first of all the world is actually uh, changing in a much higher rate than before um these changes are becoming more radical because you actually cannot have a very static and very utopian world. Because you see, if you put a couple of people in a room and you give everything they need, after some day they will create the chaos because people, human beings, they need excitement, they need problem to solve. So that's how, if you want peace all the time, it's not actually practically possible. So the world or the influencers, they are actually creating shifts so that people can find new things to thrive on, so that they can keep themselves busy to go towards something. So the uh, people are saying the artificial intelligence will take all the jobs. No, it's a phase of thing. The works we are doing right now, the struggle we are having right now, maybe the technological advancement they will take over those, but maybe that will open a whole new window for the human being to strive and to work on. So I can't pinpoint what kind of things will occur, but yes, one thing that is agriculture, that means food and also healthcare. These two things are actually very constant thing because you need food and you need uh, healthcare, but it's for, uh, for the time being, um, I, I, I mean, as long as you are you are having the body, the biological need, and everything, you need the healthcare and you need the um, like agriculture. So I think there will be uh, like the colonization. It will the Mars colon. I mean, like interplanetary colonization. It will have a very bigger impact because uh, maybe many of our industries, food and industri- other kind of industries, should be like shifted to us, and that will uh, make our environment a little bit maybe easier for us, and so. This this are like my thought on like food and the healthcare. New disease will be there. So uh, and also quantum computing is coming. So maybe the early detection of disease will be a very prominent uh, sector of you know um, business and. Research. So uh, this is very like a specific thing if I w- w- want to mention, and of course they're like broad sense uh, antibiotics are going uh, like almost they are gone. Re- antibiotic resistance will be a very much you know the next pandemic could be the antibiotic resistance. So maybe uh, in that time uh, we have to working work on um, you know on novel therapeutics and maybe mechanical and like uh, uh engineering approach to tackle disease not maybe biological so i think it's high time to work on you know machine and bio- biology together so that we can actually uh, uh you know like fight this kind of, uh, of disease or the pandemics where biological approaches will be like no longer viable so these are some of my thoughts
0: salman Thank you for taking time and being part of the podcast. You are uh, a brilliant mind asking really deep questions. And and the way you looked at things and you spread out your wings is really, really inspirational. You know, right from your teaching efforts at the university to creating Mecca Minds, to the Star Labs, to looking at an approach of making healthcare accessible, affordable, equitable for everyone. And everything that you're looking at is, you know, I mean, you mentioned, you know, science for the people, because, you know, when I have conversation, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, who can get easily sidetracked by the awe uh, and hype of, you know, new technologies. But I think, you know like, like you said, I mean, you know, we cannot, I don't think we will get to a place or a world which is completely utopian. It might be protopian, which is a mix of utopian and dystopian. But I don't think we, we, we will come to a, a world which is completely utopian, which will have, you know, no disease and, and, you know, where we'll have a future abundance. I don't think so. So the world which is coming, which you pointed out, you know, antibiotic resistance, you know, and so we, we need to I think as come together as a global nation, you know. Today I think we're so divided, you know, and I think politics is something which is pushing us human beings away. Today we're living in a world where education is knowledge, and I think if people people have the desire and intent, anybody and everybody sitting at any point or corner of the world can create huge disruption, and you are. Uh, A complete example for that, wish you the very best for all of the things you do you're doing you know right from your education to your entrepreneurial journey from your, your research in 3d biopintering cancer biology prosthesis prosthetics and so on and so forth i mean but we wish you the very best and i hope that like i said you know there are more <laughs> of uh, you in the world i think bangladesh should be very very proud of having you and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you so much i really appreciate this
1: Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity.